I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. Well, let's start by going to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And Lord, we pray today that you would write its eternal truth on all our hearts. Lord, help us to see the message of our text this morning and show us, Lord, reveal to us how we might apply it to our lives today. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Deuteronomy. We continue our, our study in Deuteronomy. Today will be our last uh, message in Deuteronomy, at least till we get through Christmas and, and all of that. But uh, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 27 and 28 is what we're going to be looking at. But as we begin to, to look at our text this morning, Moses mentions one of the most profound concepts in Scripture back in Deuteronomy chapter 11. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 26 through 29, he, he reveals this concept that demands great attention and contemplation. He says, and I'm going to go there, and you can go to 27, 28, but I'm going to start here. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 26 through 29, Moses says, See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way that I am commanding you today and go after other gods that you have not known. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering to take possession of it, you shall set the blessing on Mount Gerizim and the curse on Mount Ebal. So he, he mentions that there, and then as he kind of finishes up, he, he moves on from that, he just mentions it, and then passes on, but then Pastor Moses goes on, he goes on to teach on, preach on the, the God's covenantal law, and we've spent months going over what his exposition of the covenantal law. But then he concludes his sermon there in Deuteronomy chapter 26, which we looked at last week. He concludes it by grounding obedience to God's law in God's grace. And so why do we obey God's law? Why is anyone supposed to obey God's law? It's not so that we can win favor, but because we have favor with the Lord. God has already given His favor, and that's why we aim to obey. We obey because of God's grace. Then Pastor Moses returns to this concept of blessing and curse and gives further instruction as to what Israel is to do once they enter into the land of promise. And so today we're looking at two chapters. Uh, we're going to just kind of breeze over chapter 27. I'm going to explain it, but then we're going to look more directly at chapter 28. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, and that's on page 157 in the Pew Bible. If you don't have a, a Bible of your own, you can turn to 157 in the Pew Bible. 
but he, he, he begins to show them what they are to do when they go into the land of promise. And when they go into the land, when they first go into the land, they are supposed to go through this ceremony. And he tells them that they're to go to Ebal and Gerizim, Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim, and there they are to do this ceremony. First, they are to build a monument to God's law on Mount Ebal. And so if you'll show the picture there, here we have the picture of Ebal and Gerizim. Ebal is on your right, and Gerizim is on the left. And that, is, that picture is taken actually from the plain of Moray, uh, where Jacob's well is found and where uh, Joseph's tomb is. And so this is the place to where the people are to go first when they go into the promised land. And there on Mount Ebal, they are to, to take and, and build a monument to God's law. They're to take and they're to plaster, make a plaster wall there on Mount Ebal, and they're to write all of God's law the law that Moses has already been expounding, they're to write that law on this plaster wall on Mount Ebal. And then once that is done, they are to give their commitment to the Lord their God. And they're to take half of the tribes of Israel, and half of the tribe is to go up on Mount Gerizim, and the other half is to go on up on Mount Ebal. And Mount Ebal is the, the mountain of the curse, and Mount Gerizim is the mountain of the blessing. And you can imagine as about two million Israelites ascend on these mountains and they begin to sing out the curses and the blessings of God's covenant. How it would just ring in the air as they pronounce all of these blessings and all of these curses. And he goes on and he gives the, the curses, what the, the mount of curse is to pronounce as they talk about the blessings and the curses of God's covenant with them. And so there, this is to, to be a, a grand ceremony as they enter into the land of promise, they're to remember God's blessing for obedience and God's curse for disobedience and breaking their covenant with God. And after giving Israel this instruction about building the monument to God's law on Mount Ebal and going through the blessing and the curse ceremony, Moses then expounds on this concept of blessing and curse, a concept that we need to contemplate even today. One that would be fruitful for us to think through as we think about the blessings and the curses of the Lord. Because this concept, this theme, it just doesn't just end here in Deuteronomy. It runs through the course of all of Scripture. And so we're going to see that even today. So today we're going to focus in on Deuteronomy chapter 28 and think about this concept of the blessing and the curse. The blessing for obedience to God's covenantal law and the curse for abandoning 
their obedience to God's covenantal law. So let's start, as Moses does, by focusing in on the blessing. Let's focus in on the blessing. First, he begins in, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. 1 through 14 is all about the blessing. So I want to read it. I want to read the, the blessing of the Lord that is to come for obedience. Notice what the word of the Lord says. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all, this all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall, you be, blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle. The increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise against you, uh, who rise against you, to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one, one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and in all that you undertake. And He will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to Himself as He has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in His ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. And they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. In the fruit of your womb and in the fruit of your livestock and in the fruit of your ground within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give to you. The Lord will open to you His good treasury, the heavens, to give you the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall only go up and not down if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God not turning aside from any of the words that I command you today to, to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. In other words, if you give wholehearted allegiance to the Lord your God, if you keep all of His commandments, then the Lord will certainly bless you. He will overflow His blessings upon you and you will prosper and you will have great riches and you will be uh, leaders in all of the earth. All the earth will come to you to participate in your blessings. That was the blessing Moses calls the people of Israel, obey the Lord, follow the Lord wholeheartedly, do not depart from His ways, and all of these blessings will come upon you. But then, he goes into the curse. And the curse is quite a bit longer. 
But I'm going to read all of it because I think we need to, to hear it. It's good for us to hear all of this. Starting in verse 15, notice what he says there. But, but, if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, or be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall, be, shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your, of the, your ground, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send on you curses, confusion, and frustration in all that you undertake to do until you are destroyed and perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds. Because you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the pestilence stick to you until he has consumed you off the land that you are entering to take possession of it. The Lord will strike you with a wasting disease and with fever, inflammation, and fiery heat, with drought, and with blight, and with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish, and the heavens over your head shall be bronze, and the earth under you shall be iron. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder. From heaven, dust shall come down on you until you are destroyed. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. And you shall be a horror to all the kingdoms of the earth. And your dead body shall be food for all birds of the air and for the beasts of the, of the earth. And there shall, be no, there shall be no one to frighten them away. The Lord will strike you with the bulls of Egypt and with tumors and scabs and itch of which you cannot be healed. The Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of mind. And you shall grope at noonday as the blind grope in darkness, and you shall not prosper in your ways. And you shall be only oppressed and robbed continually, and there shall be no one to help you. You shall betroth a wife, but another shall ravish her. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but you shall not enjoy its fruit. You, your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat any of it. Your donkey shall be seized before your face, but shall not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, but there shall be no one to help you. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people, while your eyes look on and fail 
and fail with longing for them all day long, but you shall be helpless. A nation that you have not known shall eat up the fruit of your ground and of your, all, your, all of your labor. And you shall be only oppressed and crushed continually so that you are driven mad by the sight of your eyes see. That your eyes see. The Lord will strike you on the knees and on the legs with grievous bowls of which you cannot be healed from the sole of your foot to the crown of your head. The Lord will bring you and your king whom you set over you to a, a nation that neither you nor your fathers have known. And there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone. And you shall become a horror, a proverb, and a byword among all the peoples where the Lord will lead you away. You shall carry much seed into the field and shall gather little for the locusts shall consume it. You shall plant vineyards and dress them, but you shall neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worm shall eat them. You shall have olive trees throughout all your territory, but you shall not anoint yourself with the oil, for the, oils, for the olives shall drop off. You shall father sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours, for they shall go into captivity. The cricket shall possess all your trees and the fruit of your ground. The sojourner who is among you shall rise higher and higher above you, and you shall come down lower and lower. He shall lend to you, and you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head, and you shall be the tail." All the curses shall come upon you and pursue you and overtake you till you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep His commandments and His statutes that He commanded you. They shall be a sign and a wonder against you and your offspring forever because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart because of the abundance of all things. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and lacking everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. The Lord will bring a nation against you from far away from the end of the earth, swooping down like the eagle. A nation whose, whose language you do not understand. A hard-faced nation who shall not respect the old or show mercy to the young. It shall eat the offspring of your cattle and the fruit of your ground until you are destroyed. It shall not leave you grain, wine, or oil, the increase of your herds, or the young of your flock, until they have caused you to perish. They shall besiege you in all your towns until your high and fortified walls, in which you trusted, come down throughout all your land. And they shall besiege you in all your towns throughout all your land, which the Lord your God has given you. And you shall eat the fruit of your womb, 
the flesh of your sons and daughters, whom the Lord your God has given you in the siege and in the distress with which your enemy shall distress you. The man who is the most tender and refined among you will begrudge food to his brother, to the wife he embraces, and to the last of the children whom he has left, so that he will not give to any of them any of the flesh of his children whom he is eating, because he has nothing else left in the siege and in the distress with which the enemy shall distress you in all your towns. The most tender and refined woman among you, who would not venture to set a soul set the sole of her foot on the ground because she is so delicate and tender, will begrudge to the husband she embraces, to her son and to her daughter, her afterbirth that comes out from between her feet and her children whom she bears because, lacking everything, she will eat them secretly in the siege and in the distress with which your enemy shall distress you in your towns. If you are not careful to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord, that is Yahweh, your God, then the Lord, Yahweh, will bring on you and your offspring extraordinary afflictions, afflictions severe and lasting, and sicknesses grievous and lasting. And He will bring upon you again all the diseases of Egypt, of which you were afraid, and they shall cling to you. Every sickness also and every affliction that is not recorded in the book of this law, the Lord will bring upon you until you are destroyed. Whereas you were as numerous as the stars of heaven, you shall be left few in number because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God. And as the Lord took delight in doing you good and multiplying you, so the Lord will take delight in bringing ruin upon you and destroying you. And, and you shall be plucked off the land that you are entering to take possession of it. And the Lord will scatter you among all peoples from one end of the earth to the other. And there, shall, there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone which neither you nor your fathers have known. And among these nations you shall find no respite, and there shall be no resting place for the sole of your foot. But the Lord will give you their trembling heart and failing eyes and a languishing soul. Your life shall hang in doubt before you. Night and day you shall be in dread and have no assurance of your life. In the morning you shall say, if only it were evening. And in the evening you shall say, if only it were morning, because of the dread that your heart shall feel and the sight that your, your eyes shall see. And the Lord will bring you back in ships to Egypt, a journey that I promised that you should never make again. And there you shall offer yourself for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but there will be no buyer.
Wow. Can you imagine Israel as Moses is proclaiming this to them? Here they are in a state of high hope. They're going into the land of promise to take possession of this land that God had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They've gone, come out of Egypt. They've gone through the wilderness 40 years and now they're ready to go in and take possession of the land. But there's this curse. Oh, blessed if we obey, but oh, the curse if we fail to obey. As you go on through the history of Israel, you know that this generation, the generation that Moses is speaking to, this was a faithful generation. With Joshua at their head, They go into the land of promise. They obey the word of the Lord. And they live in obedience to to the Lord's commandments. And God blesses them. They receive the land. But as you get into the first part of Judges, we find that Joshua dies. The elders who were there with him, who served with him, they pass away and a new generation arises. A generation that does not know the Lord. And the refrain of the book of Judges is they did what was right in their own eyes. Instead of following the Lord their God, they did what was right in their own eyes. And they, they, they went after other gods, the gods of other nations, and God brought upon them curse after curse after curse. And you have this whole cycle throughout Judges. They, they would fall into God's curse, and then they would cry out to God, and God would send a judge among them, and the, and the judge would deliver them from their, their enemies, and, and they would chase after God for a while, but then they would fall back away from the Lord, and God would send upon them the curse, and, and then they would cry out to the Lord, and the Lord would bless them, and send a judge, and bless them, and then they would fall away from the Lord. So you have this whole cycle throughout the judges, and then we finally get to King David, a man after God's own heart. A man who pursued the Lord with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength. Oh, not perfectly, we know that. He had his faults. But he was a man after God's own heart, and he led Israel into faithfulness to seek God and pursue God. And God poured out his blessings upon the nation of Israel all the days of David's life. And then came King Solomon, David's son. And God continued to bless Israel and pour out His blessings upon Israel. And Israel became extremely wealthy. Their their borders expanded as far as they had ever expanded. They were receiving all of the covenantal blessings of God because they were pursuing God and giving their wholehearted allegiance to God. But then King Solomon in his later years began to chase after other gods. He married many women, and he allowed those foreign women to to lead him astray, and he started worshiping other gods, and he led Israel to worship other gods. So so the Lord tore away from him the kingdom of, of, of David. And the majority of the tribes were ripped away from the Davidic kingdom. And he was left with just Judea, Benjamin, 
Those two little tribes were all that was left to him. And then we know the story, the northern kingdom, Israel. If you go through the books of the kings and the chronicles, then we see king after king after king in the northern kingdom leading the people of Israel astray, leading them into idolatry, and ultimately the Lord brought upon them the full curse of the law, carrying the northern kingdom into exile under the Assyrians. And many of those tribes are completely lost. You've heard of the lost tribes of Israel. It was those northern tribes that many of them, they, they lost their heritage completely. And then the southern kingdom, God blessed because uh, they, they had their, their cycles. They had good kings and they had bad kings. They had those kings that, that chased after the Lord and, and brought great revival into the land of Judea. And then they had the evil kings who led them astray into idolatry. And back and forth, back and forth, back and forth they went until finally God says enough is enough. And he sends the Babylonians in, King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians to come in and destroy Judea, destroy Jerusalem. And as the Babylonians seize Jerusalem, the last stronghold of the nation of Israel, God's curse was fulfilled. And we find in Lamentations, Jeremiah's lament over God's curse on Israel. Lamentations chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. The hands of the compassionate woman have bowled their own children. They became their food during the destruction of the daughter of my people. The Lord gave full vent to his wrath. He poured out his hot anger and kindled a fire in Zion that consumed its foundations. Oh, God blesses perfect obedience. God blesses perfect obedience. He promised that He would bless perfect obedience. And He certainly blesses perfect obedience. But God curses disobedience. God absolutely curses disobedience. And when the people of Israel lived in disobedience to the Lord. Instead of giving their wholehearted allegiance to God, they, they chased after other gods. They, they broke God's covenantal law time and time and time again. Then God sent the full curses upon them. Took them out of the land of promise. Made them suffer. Do you feel the tension of the text? God blesses perfect obedience, but curses disobedience. And you know, this brings us then to our greatest problem. As we think about God blesses perfect obedience, but He curses disobedience, we come to our greatest problem, our disobedience. Our own disobedience. God blesses obedience. He blesses wholehearted allegiance to the Lord. 
But I wonder, has there ever been a time in your life when you've given less than wholehearted obedience to the Lord? Today, there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of professing Christians who are going to gather around the, the altar of American sports and they're going to worship their God. I wonder if you've ever been guilty of the same. Is there something in your life that you've given greater allegiance to than God? God calls us to honor God-ordained authorities. I wonder, have you ever broken the law? Have you ever exceeded the speed limit? Have you ever shown disrespect to a police officer? God calls His people to treat people with dignity, but I wonder... Have you ever shown partiality? Have you ever looked down upon someone because they were a different color? Or of a different socioeconomical class? Because they were a drug addict? Prostitute? God calls us to maintain purity. But I wonder... Have you ever lusted after someone in your heart? God calls us to maintain integrity. But I wonder, have you ever been dishonest? Even telling a little white lie? Jesus brings even greater clarity to this idea of perfect obedience and and really our great problem Matthew chapter 5 verses 21 through 22 he says you have heard that it was said of those of old you shall not murder and whoever murders will be liable to judgment but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. A few first verses down from that, he says, You have heard that it was said of it was said, You shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Who amongst us is guiltless? God blesses perfect obedience, but God curses our disobedience. Again, Deuteronomy 27, 26, the last curse that the Israelites were to pronounce as they were gathered up on Mount Ebal. Cursed be anyone who does not confirm the word of this law by doing them. And all the people shall say, Amen, truly, let it be. And dear friend, we have a problem. We have a serious problem. Each and every one of us is guilty. 
You're guilty. You're guilty. I'm guilty. We're all guilty because we have not obeyed God's law perfectly. Therefore, each and every one of us deserves every curse that was read in Deuteronomy chapter 28. We deserve that and so very much more. Well, that's the bad news. Now here's the good news. God, by His grace, has provided a solution to our problem. If you will, turn with me to Galatians chapter 3, verses 10 through 14, because there Paul addresses this very problem. God has provided the solution to our problem. God's solution is Jesus Christ. God's solution is Jesus Christ. Flip over to Galatians chapter 3, verses 10 through 14. Galatians chapter 3, verses 10 through 14. Notice what he says there, For all who rely on the work of the law, works of the law, are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Paul is basically quoting Deuteronomy chapter 27, that verse that I just read. Now, it is evident that no one, no one, no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not a faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them, by every point, every dot and tittle of them. The one who does them shall live by them. But here's the good news. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. You see, we deserve the curse of the law because of our disobedience. We can never do enough to win God's favor. We can never do enough to receive God's blessing because we've already broken the law. We are condemned and we are cursed because of God's law hanging over us. But God in His grace and mercy sent His Son Jesus Christ to live in perfect obedience. He was the only one who lived in perfect obedience to God's law, to the Father's law. He did it all. He fulfilled it all in our place. And though He deserved all of God's blessing, He became a curse for us. Christ became a curse for us. He went to Calvary's cross Cursed is every man who is hung upon a tree. Christ went to the cross. He hung on the cross. And there on Calvary's cross, He received upon Himself the fullness of God's curse. All of His curse. 
Not because he deserved God's curse, but because we deserve God's curse. He received all of God's curse in that moment, in that place, in our place. Christ became a curse for us that we might receive the blessing. Notice again, verse 14, so that for this purpose in Christ Jesus, the blessing the blessing of Abraham, the blessing, all the blessing that, uh, that Moses pronounced back there in Deuteronomy chapter 28, all of the blessings of God might come to us, the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. Christ became a curse so that we might receive the full blessing of God. Not for our obedience, but for His perfect obedience. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 through 6. Surely He has borne our grief and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon Him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with His wounds we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to His own way. And the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. We deserve God's curse for our disobedience. But God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to live in perfect obedience to His will, to His law. And in that, He earned the Father's eternal blessing. And then He willingly went to Calvary's cross and received that curse that we deserve. So that by God's grace, through faith, we might receive the blessing that Jesus deserves. Christ became a curse so that we might be blessed. Dear Christian, today we rejoice. We rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Knowing that Christ took your curse so that you could have His blessing, rejoice! Whatever you're going through in life, rejoice! No matter if you're going through a good time, a time of celebration, or a time of great sorrow, rejoice! Because in Christ Jesus, you have the blessing of God. And one day, that blessing will be fully realized. Oh, you're realizing it now as you have a relationship with God, as you have the Holy Spirit living in you, changing you, transforming you, making you to be like Jesus. You already have it, but you will realize it fully when the Lord returns and takes you to His heavenly kingdom. Oh, rejoice in the Lord, Christian. Rejoice in Him today. But now today, if you're not a Christian. If you've never received God's gift of salvation in Jesus Christ, today I set before you a blessing and a curse. A blessing. 
If you confess your sin, trust in Jesus, and surrender your life to Him. And a curse, if you reject God's grace, reject Jesus Christ, and continue to live in rebellion against the Lord. Which will you choose? Which will you choose? The blessing is a free gift from God. All you have to do is receive it. The curse is already on you. Continue to reject God and it will come fully upon you when the Lord returns. Which will you choose? The blessing or the curse? Heavenly Father, Lord, as Christians, we thank You because, we, Lord, we know the reality of the curse that is coming upon all of those who reject Jesus Christ. We thank You and we rejoice in Jesus that we're not left in our sins. We're not left under the curse. But we have Your full promise and the full blessing of Christ upon us. Lord, thank You. Thank You. Thank You. We rejoice in Christ Jesus always. Lord, if there's any today who've never trusted in Jesus, they're still under the curse. Let them receive Your free gift, the gift of Your grace, the gift of the blessing but trusting in Jesus in this very moment. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.